From the Tiger Cats Audio Network, this is Tiger Cats Game Day with Bubba O'Neill and Courtney Stephen. Oh, I said it last week. I love the sound of that music. It just makes me think of football. It has got a there's a chill in the air. The turf is hard. The fans are going crazy, and yes, the playoffs are just within sight, folks. Big game at Tim Hortons Field, the Hamilton Tiger Cats meeting the BC Lions. And we are here on the Tiger Cats game day show with Bubba O'Neill and Courtney Steven, former player with the Tiger Cats, to break down this contest and explain to you why, if you haven't gotten down to the ball yard to watch a game, this is one of the ones you want to get down to because it's an important day, Courtney. We're talking playoffs and it could be clinched tonight. I mean, there's a couple of teams here who are fighting it out, different streaks, different things on the line. But at the end of the day, it's all about punching a ticket to get into that dance. You know, in the CFL, there's nine teams. Only six of those get a chance to enter the tournament. And we could be finding out if one more is going to get their ticket after today. And this is one league when you compare them to, say, the, the National Football League, the National Hockey League, Major League Baseball, uh, even the NBA. It's about just getting in the tournament. I mean, we've seen over the years a number of teams that maybe sneak in at 500 and end up lifting that great cup trophy. Man, I'll tell you this much. In my first two seasons in the CFL, 2013 and 2014, we started out the seasons way sub 500. I think we might have been one in five one year, possibly 0 in six. I tried to blank those memories out so I can't accurately recall. But both of those seasons, we made the trip all the way to the Grey Cup. The first in Saskatchewan, the second, oddly enough, in BC versus Calgary. So anybody who gets in can be a threat. You know, there's a lot of parity in this league. It'll be an exciting game today because both of these teams, while they're coming off of different streaks, one a winning streak, one a losing streak, we have great players on both sides of the ball and it's going to be a hot contest. Well, you talk about the importance and the, the parity in the league. As a Tiger Cats sit there at six and five, you've got the lines that are five and seven. And as while the Tiger Cats can clinch a playoff spot, it's the BC Lions that are in a must-win situation to keep their playoff hopes alive. Right, and for the uninitiated, um, we have something in the CFL called the crossover. And so there's generally three teams from each division who are going to go to that playoff hunt. But if the Ticats win today, they can shut the door on that opportunity and really force BC to play a perfect season through their last two games and have to finish ahead of Calgary if they want to win so that they can get into the into the playoffs but you know the Ticats on the other hand with a win today they can clinch a playoff berth already Toronto has clinched uh, Montreal is yet to clinch I'm not necessarily sure how a win today for the Ticats plays into Montreal going to the playoffs but I'm pretty sure it, it bodes well for them as well um, but there's there's less and less horses in the race for that last spot and when that's the case that means every play just weighs a little bit more. The coaches are willing to go a little bit further out on that limb. And as a fan, you got to love it because that means third down tries, two-point conversions, onside kicks. All the tricks are coming out of the bag, and I honestly can't wait to watch this one. Let's talk about the Tiger Cats. The depth chart came out yesterday. Uh, not a lot of surprises. I think the big surprise 
Uh, first of all, we'll continue along with the fact that Frankie Williams, DB uh, kick returner, not there. Braylon Addison, we've known about him for a little bit coming off the injury uh, a couple of weeks ago that he would not be able to go. But it's a, almost, I think, what's concerning to me, I guess, in some ways at this time of the year, and it's been a problem uh, and a concern all season long, is that we're looking at a reworked offensive line. Coulter Woods-Mansley comes in there, the first-round draft pick out of Guelph, and he's going to be the starting center. Now, we've seen some him with some experience at right guard and, and, and playing right tackle. Now he's got to be calling signals as the center. And the center has got to be one of the most cerebral positions in all of football. You've got to be able to not only get a perfect transition from the snap to the quarterback, but you also have to be able to pop your head up, find that 300-pound one technique who's just barreling down on you and his old job is to make your day a living you-know-what. And you have to be able to identify the mic and call the, the blocking scheme for the rest of the old line. Luckily, though, he is in good company because you got a guy like Brandon Revenberg right next to you who's going to be helping you out on a lot of double teams. And also you got the, the wily veteran Chris Van Zyl on the edge who's going to be playing cleanup duty. And there's an there's a interesting stat that I found. Um, this D-line for the BC Lions, they don't have nearly as much experience as Chris Van Zyl just by himself. You know, wow. you got... Alex Bazzi, who's played 84 games in the CFL, which is by all rights, true veteran. But through the other three starting D linemen, you've only got a combined 32 games played. So Chris Van Zyl with 13 seasons, 177 games played, that kind of wily veteran experience can rub off on some of those other players on that old line to help give them some confidence. I'm looking to Kami, Tommy Condell to mix in some two back packages, probably get Nikola Kalinic involved in the blocking scheme. Maybe not so much man-to-man -man blocking schemes, but even some sliding over to the side and, and getting different looks for those D linemen so they don't just have an ability to pin their ears back. Maybe some screen passes. Maybe try to get Don Jackson back involved early because you don't want the D line coach just dialing up twists and stunts and making it super hard on a young guy who has to recognize a lot coming at him fast. Two names you name there. We'll go quickly over Nikolai Kalinich. He's one of those guys. I would call him just one of those exceptional wham blockers that can just really smack you hard. He's a big, strong kid, but also can sneak out of the out of the lines and just kind of catch those short packs too. Absolutely. And you, you need a guy like that in the CFL because uh, you know, we call it a split zone or sometimes wham blocking. Like you, when you start on the right-hand side and right at the snap, you slide all the way over to the other end of the offensive line and you kick out that defensive end. That's a, that's a stone, cornerstone play in the CFL. And if you can't run that one, you're going to have a hard time getting down the field. It's great to have a guy like him who can also, you know, do that same motion fake get that dn to hesitate and then slide out to the flats it's a great play to run after you've been running the ball and you've got that defense a little bit on their heels and i think we're going to see a lot of misdirection too because when a defense gets the scent you know it can be tough to turn it off so i'm looking to the tie cats to try and shake things up early and make sure that the defense for that bc lions does not know what to expect you were really excited last week about the potential of what Don Jackson could bring to the offense. I think you were all over it because he rushed for what 120 yards last week. We haven't seen a Tiger Cat running back uh, go for 120 since what uh, DeAndre Cobb. 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, he looked for a guy that had not had the amount of playing time that we would have expected when he was first signed as a free agent back in 20 year, 2020, boy, he really looked strong. What I, I liked, and maybe you might agree here is, and, and this is not a criticism of, of, of uh, Sean Thomas Erlington. I find sometimes he searches for the hole and then, and, and then gets through this guy takes the ball and hits the hole quick. And I think offensive linemen have to like that. Man, he, he's honestly, he, he's a slasher. He gets the ball, he cuts it up, and he's headed downhill. And the great thing about Don Jackson, and he's, he's good for the one-on-one. He can break an arm tackle. He can spin out of something and fall forwards for an additional three, four, five yards. That's what you need. And that's how he was able to run seven times for more than eight yards a pop. You know, it's a lot of plays in the playbook for second and two. And so when you can get a guy who can he can open it up on first down, you you don't have to block everybody perfectly, but you just have to give him a little bit of space. That's a running back that can operate in the CFL. I think he gets into this game not only just headed downhill, running through those uh, A gap, B gaps, but maybe on the edge in the screen game, like I was saying, just to try and give him more space, give the defense more to think about and force them to mix up their coverage packages. Brandon Banks came out there and I thought had 60 yards receiving, did not return for the second half, had a little hamstring issue. He'll be back this week, though. And a guy like Brandon Banks, you can never sleep on him because the moment when you say that, you know, he's hurt, he's not going to be the same Brandon Banks, then he's going to lace up those track spikes and force you to respect him. He's going to be one of the fastest players on the field, no matter what. So honestly, uh, you can't sleep on Brandon Banks, but but. Pay attention to the rest of these receivers. Jeremiah Masoli spreads the ball out like he he is the model of sharing, right? He's the kind of guy you want your kids to look up to. He gives the ball to everybody. It doesn't matter if if you're the young Canadian receiver just coming onto the field or if you're the veteran like Brandon Banks. If you're in the right place at the right time, you're getting the ball. And that's how you that's how you pass for 300 yards in three straight games and, and you become the player of the month in the CFL. Well, and let's go. Let's go right to our team trends right now, because it is trending very well for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. In fact, I would say as good as it has been all season long. And it really does start with the Jeremiah Masoli and the fact that he was able to spread the ball around last week. But here was a, one of the things I really liked and may, maybe you might agree here is there was an attack mode mentality with that offense. They came out there scoring touchdowns on two of their first three possessions. And a big difference that I'm noticing from earlier in the season, you know, we had injuries, we had lineups that were inconsistent. And so we were wondering, when are the Ticats going to start stretching the ball down the field? Because that's the offense that Tommy wants to run. Like, let's just be honest. That's the offense that Jeremiah wants to play in. And I felt like we finally saw that ball hang up in the air and give you a little bit of those butterflies. Like, wow, a big play. Like, I came here for the big plays and we were seeing them stretch the field, put DBs in stress, hang it up there, give the receivers a chance to make plays. And that's how you really win games in the CFL. I think Jeremiah Masoli back in my day when I played with him, we used to call him deep ball solely. And it wasn't just because he threw it up in practice. And, you know, interesting stat too, 158.3 passer rating in the last game. Perfect. Statistically, it cannot get any better. And so I'm looking at them to continue pushing the envelope, stretching the field, 
pushing the top off coverages, and that's how you're going to open up the rest of the offense. And was it because of Don Jackson's effectiveness that Masoli was able to operate that way? I think it's a flywheel because, you know, on his first carry of the game, he busts it open for about eight yards. And I think the other the other team has to say, wait, hold on now. We can't just vacate the box and get to our zones. We have to stay in there and make sure we plug gaps. So when Don Jackson opens with a big rush, then now the linebacker sitting in the pocket a little bit more. That opens up intermediate for receivers. And now those outside DBs, they're more one-on-one. They're more prone to those double moves. They're more prone to those deep play action passes. It all works together. Uh, speaking of all working together, as we continue with our team trends here for the Tiger Cats, is you get the offense operating that way. That will you As you, as a defender, you're licking your chops because you have a lead to play with. Absolutely. And then you have a guy like Jovan Santos Knox, who, who has 10 tackles. I mean, how much more could you ask for? I mean, the, the core of that defense, when he's making tackles, that means he's limiting the opponent's chances to have big plays. So I'm, I'm looking at how the defense is able to play in the absence of a guy like Frankie Williams, who's such a big contributor. Other people are stepping up and they're playing team ball Coach Orlando Steinauer likes to keep it multiple. Uh, Mark Washington's done a great job of really training these guys. So next guy up is ready to perform. And I think as long as they've got a few key veterans back there, you know, uh, Siante Evans, uh, Jamal Roll, obviously Brooks, who's, who's still leading the league in interceptions. Um, I think they're going to have a chance to play with anybody and they're going to need it because these, these BC Lions now, don't let the record fool you. They have a lot of weapons, and they got one of the most dangerous quarterbacks that the CFL has seen in the last decade in Mike Riley. Well, let's talk BC then. I mean, <laughs> we talked about this last week, about the difficulties in the Canadian game for East teams to travel West. There are many times, there are a lot of quiet flights going back East for many of these teams, including the Hamilton Tiger Cats over the years. For some strange reason, the BC Lions have four wins. Three of them are against the East. How does this happen? Well, I'll tell you this much. I remember very clearly being in that locker room in BC, drinking a five-hour energy at 11.30 p.m. because I was ready to go to sleep, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough over there. But one of the things that, that I really like is uh, – it's just another thing to, to get you hyped up for the game. Whenever there's a challenge, um, you just have an opportunity to rise. And, and I think that with the return of certain players to the lineup, last week you had Lucky Whitehead, you got Dominique Grimes now. Um, these are guys who are going to challenge you to be your best self as a defender for the Ticats. You got, you got the best receiver in the Canadian Football League and Brian Burnham lining up over Fair. there. You got Mike Riley, who is about as tough as any quarterback in pro football. And, and in a game like this, I expect Mike Riley to say, coach, give me the ball 50 times, right? If they're not winning in the second quarter, the run game, it's cool. They've been establishing the run and all that, but the run game is not going to get them to the playoffs. It's going to be on the shoulder of the guy who's been here done that and has the gusto to really pull something out of the hat and make it happen that's mike riley throwing to these really four superstar caliber receivers he's got i mean even shaq johnson don't sleep on him the the canadian kid with a lot of speed and great ball skills and then 
I mean, obviously the other guys we named, Lucky Whitehead takes the top off. Dominic Grimes is super fast. And Brian Burnham is about as sure as you get on second downs. You know, and let, let's just talk a little bit about Lucky Whitehead because he was a returner uh, or last season with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers came over in free agency. He can just flat out go. Like, I mean, I think his speed is unbelievable. We saw him with a touchdown pass last week against uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, or Montreal Alouettes, sorry. And I mean, he took a little five yard dump and boy, he just accelerated down the sidelines and you could see the DBs. I mean, they're a full, full out effort and he was pulling away from them halfway through his run. He's the kind of guy that makes you scratch your head and just say, man, wow. Like, and a quarterback's best friend, you only have to complete the ball, maybe five, 10, 15 yards down the field, but lucky can turn that five, 10 or 15 yards into 30, 40 or 50 yards and, and it's one of those things that you just can't coach I mean it's speed and you know credit to the BC Lions for recognizing that talent and finding a way to make it useful within a constructive offense um, I think that's the same type of transition that we saw with Brandon Banks where people really cornered him into that returner role but given the opportunity he was able to become a great receiver and and uh, credit to Lucky Whitehead he's been doing a, a phenomenal job outstanding I couldn't even pick the right word to describe it he has two receptions of 75 yards that that is longer than most people's career high and that's just this season he actually has five games where he has a catch of over 40 yards so he's not one to just you know catch these short passes and be a possession receiver he is hitting home runs odd thing about the bc lions when you take a look at that four and seven record they lead the league in close battles lost so that means they're playing tough, but something tends to go wrong, whether it be defense, a turnover here and there. And in the situation that they're playing in right now, fighting for their lives, and I think we heard this with the Tiger Cats during one of their Zoom calls today, beware of the injured animal <laughs> because they're playing desperate. Yeah, and I think you're going to see uh, some of those traits come through in this game. Uh, last week versus Toronto, they missed three field goals in the same quarter. Okay. Three field goals in one quarter. And according to the statistics department at the CFL, they weren't able to find another time since 2005 where that happened, where a team missed three field goals in one quarter. Those are the kind of things that make a coach say, all right, we're going for it on third down. We score a touchdown. We're going for two. And, and that makes for exciting football because you see somebody across the sideline and you know that you're going to get their best shot. They're pulling all the tricks out of that hat. So, you know, I expect to see some big plays. I expect to see some jaw-dropping moments. I expect to see a lot of dice rolling. And what can you expect at this time of the year? That's what you got to do when your season's on the line. What head-to-head -head battle turns you on? To be completely honest with you, when, when the chips are down like this for both teams, I want to see the biggest stars go head-to-head. -head. That's Brian Burnham. That's Cariel Brooks. Brooks has four interceptions, and this guy only has 14 tackles. That means his receivers are not catching the ball. He's played in nine contests. He's had ample opportunity to get in there and make tackles, but you can't tackle somebody who doesn't have the ball. 
So if he's all over those receivers and they're not able to even have possession, that's that's an outstanding statistic that goes highly underrated. You don't want to have your top cover guy also be your leader in tackles. And I mean, Brian Burnham, this guy has a streak of 93 games with a catch. That's every single game he's ever played in the CFL. This is somebody you know is going to get his. You can only hope to contain him. He is the one we can credit with giving us some of the most jaw-dropping, astonishing, did I just see that catches in CFL history? I mean, whether it's toe drags on the sidelines, rising up above somebody's head, grabbing at the highest point, or, or really just getting open with a savvy speed change on a second down in that, in that zone coverage. You know, he's a guy who's going to give you the work all night. I want to see who comes out on top of this one. Mike Riley's definitely looking for Burnham on second downs. Will Carriel Brooks be able to contain him? We'll have to tune in to see. Well, you're going to line up against him. I mean, you're going to line up. I'm going to use your brains here. You're going to line up against him as a Carriel Brooks. What do you want to do? Is it is it being physical with him off the line? Do you want to just annoy him? Is it a little shirt pull? What do you have to do to get him off his game? Well, the key thing is you got to play team defense, first of all. And that means before the snap starts, you cannot allow Mike Riley to dissect your whole defense. You got to hang in there, give him a vanilla look, and then get to your coverage at the last second. That is what a veteran defense does against a veteran quarterback. And then secondly, you got to give yourself a chance to make the play. If you're out of position, then see you later. It's over. <laughs> you know, he's got ball control. He's got ball skills and body control ball skills and body control. So all Mike Riley has to do is put it somewhere within that radius and Burnham can pull it down. So Brooks will give himself the best chance if he has patient footwork, don't bite on that first move, but also have poise when the ball is in the air so that you can play through those hands and have a potential to break up some of those passes. Burnham's going to get his, but it's just don't let him get the big ones. Great point. And I've always wanted to ask you a question like this because I mean, we we've there's a, a thing that we hear in football in both leagues where a defensive back could uh, almost have the nickname Toast, right? <laughs> like, right? Like I've heard that before. But I mean, I think there is a reality in a defensive back mode that you maybe have to have the shortest memory in some in some cases. Absolutely, because you can think about it like this: if there's 65, 70 plays in a game, and you lock your guy down for 64 or, or 68 plays and they catch two touchdowns, you had a bad game. And so in a performance business like this one, where we have in pro football, you have to be on all game long. It's somewhat like driving an F1 car. It's not just about the raw skills, but it's about the ability to focus through tension, through stress, through the bright lights, through the screaming crowd, through the clock ticking down, through the hamstrings burning, the quads on fire because you just ran down the field five times in a row. It's whoever can focus through those moments and get back up and make the next play. Because look, like I said, he's going to get his catches. He's going to have a catch on the sideline that you thought was out of bounds, but he dragged the toe. They reviewed it. It was in. Okay, clear the mechanism. Let's go on to the next one because I got another chance to stamp my name in this book. I think that's how Brooks will approach it. He's a pro. He's been here before, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this matchup. It's Courtney's time to give us his pick for this big game down at Tim Hortons Field. Well, well, look, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. Every game that BC has lost, they have allowed more than 18 points. And this season, the Ticats, 
they're they're putting up progressively more points every week. So that doesn't really work out well in BC's favor. I think that this game is going to be a race to three touchdowns and whichever team can come out and hit three touchdowns first is going to be the victor. Personally, just the way things have been going, I I see that as being the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They've been scoring a lot and moving the ball down the field. They got the CFL's most recent player of the month. And I mean, they can hit you from so many different angles. It's hard to bet against the Thai Cats here, but the key indicator, who gets to three scores first, that's going to be who wins this game. And I think for the Tiger Cats, is one final point here, is it not fair to say, I mean, because of a couple of the tough losses that they had, they need to reestablish that mentality, I guess it would be, that you can't come into Tim Horton's field and steal wins from us. No, and and especially going into the playoffs, anybody will tell you it's all about momentum. Even if you were winning every single game of the year, you don't want to lose that last game right before the playoffs. So at home, you got to defend your turf. You got to use that crowd to your advantage. You got to give them a reason to get up on their feet and shout. I expect them to come out with that same grit and tenacity that they do every week. I mean, they got the best defense in the first quarter in the entire league by a long shot. They are barely letting anybody get a sniff in the first quarter. So if they come out and maintain that, it's going to be really, really tough to beat the Thai Cats. Well, folks, this is just a teaser and the beginning of it all when it comes to uh, the excitement here on the Thai Cats Audio Network. We have a lineup to get you all ready for the game. And, co- of course, the game itself. We're going to talk to you pregame. We're going to talk to you mid-game. We're going to have the broadcast. And, of course, we're going to have the post-game show. Courtney, Stephen, outstanding job with your analysis of what we could see tonight and what is a very, very important game for the Tiger Cats. Looking forward to this one. I'm going to be glued. Well, I won't be glued to the screen because I'll be right there in the stadium. But (laughs) I'll be honest, if you guys have an option to watch this game, turn it on. And if not, tune into the Ticast Audio Network. We got you covered. Hey, guys. Hey, thank you so much for joining us again. A reminder, folks, hey, we're going to talk about the CFL on Mondays as well, too, with the CFL this week and a show that I host with some of the national, some of our best fans of the uh, Canadian game on a national basis. And we talk Tiger Cats as well as the top storyline. So why don't you join us on Monday? And of course, the, the, all this action that I'm talking about, again, join us on your uh, wherever you want, grab your podcast. I think the, the cool word now is your podcast podcast catchers i think that's is that that's, it that's the new lingo that i'm hearing nowadays and of course you can catch us on youtube as well too again big game tonight friday night tiger cats bc lions be there or be square for courtney story steven i'm bubba, o- bubba o'neill and this has been tiger cats game day show